0: Second Chronicles, starting in chapter 18. Okay, here's the story with Jehoshaphat, and I think I referenced this yesterday. Um, You know, he had great riches and honor, but he allied himself by marriage with Ahab, and so he got pulled into their stuff. He was visiting there one time, and uh, Ahab wanted him to go on a war, and Jehoshaphat said, is there a prophet here? And he pulls up 400 prophets that are not of the Lord, and he says, isn't there a prophet of the Lord? And so then uh, Micah is brought up. So all the other you know, prophets that are not for the Lord were telling the king what he wanted to hear. And then, the messenger that went to get Micah said, Hey, everyone's saying good things, so you do that too. And Micah says, No, I'm only going to say what the Lord says. But then he doesn't do that. When they ask him, he says, Yeah, go up, you'll succeed. And then uh, Ahab says, How many times must I tell you to tell me nothing but the truth? And so then he says, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each of them return to the, his house in peace. And then he's gives a he got a vision kind of like uh, Isaiah's. Uh, he says, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right and on his left. Then the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, king of Israel, to go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said this, while another said that. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said on him, how? He said, I will go and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And then he said, go, basically. So he says, all these prophets have a deceiving spirit, and that's why they're telling you you're going to be successful. And then Zedekiah, one of these prophets, comes and hits him. And Micah, of course, is not happy about this, and he basically tells him, you're going to die, and here's what it's going to look like. And so Ahab puts him in prison. Says to feed him sparingly, bread and water, until I return. And Micah says, "If you return, I didn't say you're gonna return." And you know we've we've been through this before in Kings, but uh, they go into the battle. Ahab tells Jehoshaphat to ride as king, and he's gonna. Ahab himself is gonna be in disguise as a normal charioteer, and basically, long story short, they uh, a random arrow hits Ahab in the in the. Sp- Space between his armor and they prop him up but then he dies at sunset. And then we're on to chapter 19. When Jehoshaphat gets home there's a prophet named Jehu that comes and rebukes him for for helping the wicked. Um, but but he tempers that by saying but at least you remove the Asherah from the land and say you're hard to seek God. And then it, so, you know it, it kind of tells of the the bad that Jehoshaphat did, but it tells it fairly quickly, and then it moves back it looks like it appears it's again, I only read this once a year unless the Lord leads me to it, so I'm just talking as I'm reading, I don't know what it's coming, but it appears he immediately wants to get back to the good side of Jehoshaphat and uh and then it so it talks about how he brings the people back to the Lord, he appoints judges throughout the land. And he makes sure the judges know, look, you're not just judging between men, you're judging for the Lord, so judge wisely. So that's, you know, that's very valuable because corruption among judges, politicians, those sort of people is rampant throughout the world, everywhere, throughout all time. But he's he's making it known to the judges that they are to judge as God judges. And then it again says, he, this time it says he invite or he, he sets up Levites and priests to be judges. So I don't know if these are different or it's just telling us who the judges were. But again, he, he talks about how important this job is and uh, to be righteous and godly. And then we move on to chapter 20. Then a, a great multitude of uh, a, a large army from Moab and Ammon um, with some Meunites um decide to attack. And so word comes to her Jehoshaphat that they've reached Engedi, they've invaded the land, and uh, so Jehoshaphat turns the people to fasting and in prayer. Okay, the Meunites must be a part of Edom because I see the next time it mentions them Mount Seir, and that's Edom. So that's who it is. So Jehoshaphat in his prayer is reminding God of his promise that, you know, you said if 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 we have difficulties, we, maybe we turn away from you and we're facing judgment or whatever the cause, if we turn to you, repent, and really seek you, that you will set us free. You will bless us. And so, Lord, we are, we are seeking you for that. You've done in the past, like in, from Egypt, and we believe in you here. Jehoshaphat, which is actually pretty amazing that a king would admit this in front of his people. Because generally, in an earthly sense, this is not a good way to uh, rile up an army for a great battle. But he's admitting before the people as he's praying to God that we are powerless against this mighty army coming against us. Only you can defend us. And all Israel was standing there, even the kids, the wives, children. And then the Spirit of the Lord comes on Jehaziel, who's a Levite, the son of Asaph. And, uh, or you know... You can read that for yourself, his lineage. Um, and then he, he's got a word from the Lord. He says, Listen, to all Judah and Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, Do not fear, or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zes, and you'll find them at the valley, at the end of the valley, in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourself, stand, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Hmm. So I wonder if this is the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Joel 3 mentions the Valley of Jehoshaphat, or the Valley of Decision, uh, when judgment of the Lord comes. And so you see here the Lord is going to judge between his people and the people that are against him and his people and uh, execute judgment. So uh, when you get to Joel, you remember this king and who who's being referenced. So Jehoshaphat is humbled. All the people are humbled. The Levites uh, begin to praise and worship in a loud voice. Uh, they're all really excited because here the Lord has spoken on their behalf. They were, a minute ago, they were all scared they were going to die. And now the Lord has said he's going to give them victory and uh, without even having to fight and this it takes tremendous faith that they're so excited about this because unless the lord did something very obvious it's just a prophet you know we can make the mistake when we read the bible of thinking oh there's mighty prophets and uh, or you know even jesus oh jesus how could they say no but all these people were just men talking normal men talking it was not often that there was like fire falling from the sky and stuff like that that made it obvious okay God is speaking through this man most often is just a man talking saying God is saying this and people could decide for themselves that guy's crazy which is what most people generally think and you know to be fair most people that say God's saying this are crazy <laughs> so it takes a heart for the Lord to to be able to discern wait a minute God is with this person. What he's saying is true versus that guy's crazy. So some people just take, you know, have the general stance. Well, anybody that says that sort of thing is crazy. Well, they're going to miss what God is saying because they're just thinking everybody's crazy. Other people um, will have a heart from the Lord and be able to to discern these things. And the problem with the human nature is we think, oh, if we live back then, we would have definitely done what the prophet said. We would have done the way of the Lord. But that's what all these people thought about the earlier prophets. Jesus talked about that with the Pharisees. Like you admit, your your sons are the ones that killed the prophets, and now you're going to kill me. You know he, that it's the heart of man to say, well, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done the right thing, but then missed the right thing when it's your opportunity in your day. And so that's just something to always keep in mind as we go through life. Is Um, are we awake and open to what the Lord is saying? And do we take everything like a Berean and study it and say, you know, is the Lord in this? So Jehoshaphat gets the people, they, they get their army ready. And, but instead of putting the good warriors in front, he puts the priests and Levites in front and, uh, has them all start singing and worshiping the Lord. So that's a different way to do battle. And, um, And then what you see happen is the Ammonites and the Moabites start uh, killing the Edomites. And then once they've done that, they start killing each other. And they actually killed each other entirely. So there was just no one left. And there was so much spoil to be taken. Because remember, this was a much bigger army than they were. Um, It took them three days to carry back all the good stuff that the dead people had laying around on them. It says, on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, which apparently means blessing. And, uh, I don't know, whenever I see three days, it took them three days to gather the stuff. And on the fourth day, they were celebrating and blessing. It it always makes me think of uh, Jesus in the tomb for three days. He uh, he pillaged the evil one and everything. He had had control of the earth. He had had the keys that Adam had given him. And he came and... uh, Pillage them, and and then there was a time of blessing and celebration when he rose again. And so, little picture here. It's interesting the way the author does this. He, he kind of wraps up Jehoshaphat in verses 31 to 34 by saying, you know, he's a good king. He reigned from age 35 to what 60 um he walked in the ways of his father asa he's doing right in the sight of the lord he didn't remove the high places which i thought earlier it said he did but maybe they came back and he didn't remove those um and then it wraps it up like from the first to the last his you know here's his his works are recorded by jehu the book of the kings so that's usually the end of a king but, in this case, he saves where uh Jehoshaphat does real evil till the end after he's wrapped it up, so it's like he wanted to preserve the goodness of the king first, but then he could he had to mention well, he did do this pretty wicked thing, and so he mentions that he allied with Ahaziah, and uh they they did uh, ships and um they you know it was a disaster because the lord uh Did not bless him. And so that's the end of chapter 20. And chapter 20 starts with, okay, now Jehoshaphat is dead. And so I I just think in the last chapter, he he wanted to preserve the telling of a good king. But then he had to also mention where he wasn't. Because again, by the time Chronicles is done, they're establishing a new Judah. And um, so I think Chronicles more than Kings, wanted to represent kings was kind of as judah was you know as judah was falling it's written so it's like look here's all the wrong we did chronicles is written after they're coming back to judah and so i think he wanted to preserve look here's our good kings and these guys were good and we need to be good like them i think that's kind of the heart of the authors and the, the different ways of telling these things so it tells us the son different sons of jehoshaphat and how you know they were wealthy he gave them cities to rule but he gave the kingdom to jehoram because he was first born and so jehoram takes over as king but he turns into an evil king and he kills his brothers and he also killed some rulers of israel he was 32 and he became king and he reigned for only eight years he walked in the ways of israel just as the house of ahab did um, because, you know, this is the, his mom was uh, Ahab's uh, daughter. And so, uh, wait a minute, did I get that right? No, it's because his dad had married one of Ahab's daughters too. But, and so that's what I thought I was going, but it says, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. So, apparently, I don't know if his mom, I didn't track it that closely. Um, I don't know if his mom was Ahab's daughter or not, but apparently his. Wife was a lot of intermarriage here, but it it may not have been his mom that was Ahab's wife. Um, I'm sure the Jehoshaphat probably had multiple wives, and so his mom may have not been related. And uh, and so that he also wanted a daughter of Ahab. Um, You know, Israel was a really powerful kingdom during Ahab's time, so I'm sure it was prestigious in the carnal to marry a daughter of uh, such a powerful king. But of course, this was evil in the sight of the Lord, and it caused him to do bad things. but the Lord didn't destroy the his house because of david and uh, but there is consequences and Edom revolted also Libna revolted, and he couldn't he couldn't stop it. The Lord was not with him and uh and he set up high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot and led Judah astray. And then this is kind of cool to see, because I don't remember this in Kings, but Elijah sends him a letter saying, Thus says the Lord God of your father David, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father, in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and have caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot as the house of Ahab played the harlot. And you've also killed your brothers, your own family, who were better than you, Behold, the Lord is going to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a great calamity, and you will suffer severe sickness, a disease of your bowels until your bowels come out because of the sickness day by day. So that's a pretty horrible way to go. And so Elijah, I don't think that was in Kings, maybe I'm just not remembering it, but Elijah basically says, you know, here's the judgment of the Lord against you for being evil, and it's kind of cool. He mentions, I don't. That may have been all the great kings. He may have missed one, but obviously David. And then he also mentions his father and grandfather, who were both good kings. I think I, I could be getting this wrong. Sorry, <laughs> Jehoshaphat was definitely his father, and I think uh, Asa was his father. Right? Could be wrong on that. But so he's mentioning really good kings. He's saying y- you had a good lineage here, and you messed it all up, and the Lord is judging you. And then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs. I, it's interesting that it says the Arabs who boarded the Ethiopians. I know that Ethiopians had attacked earlier. And I think it was earlier. It's kind of weird when you read this right after Kings. My memory can remember a detail, but not everything about it. So if I'm remembering Kings, I could be remembering something in the future. Um, but I know the Ethiopians uh, attacked at one point, and And... Um, but Ethiopia is not anywhere near uh, Arabia. Um, but if they had Ethiopia was kind of a powerful kingdom at that time, and they had taken some of the Arabian Peninsula, that would make sense. And uh, anyways, they they're all kind of attacking. So all of a sudden, he's being attacked on all sides, and then all of a sudden, this sickness come on, come on, comes on his bowels, and uh, he's just you know living a horrible end of day. And so he he only you know, he became king at 32 and he only lived to be 40 uh, and lived a horrible death. So his decision to turn away from the Lord was a costly one, Um, personally. And obviously it's, you know, (laughs) missing the whole point of life, missing the whole point of being a king of Judah and all that. But but even personally, he decided to live for his own flesh and that did not go well for him. And uh, that's it for today. God bless you.